Welcome to episode 38 of the Montana Values Podcast. In this show, we'll reveal the man behind the curtain of the Montana Legislature. So grab Toto and let's follow along down the yellow brick road together with our host, Tammy Fisher. But first, a housekeeping issue. Thank you to our loyal listener, Melanie, right here in the state of Montana, for her kind contribution to the show. And occasionally she sends us a very nice email with her thoughts. And we appreciate that, and we appreciate her support. Thanks, Melanie. Yeah, thanks, Mel. We sure appreciate our recurring contributors to MVP. It's very helpful to us in paying for our both our research and our editing. But if you would like to be a recurring contributor, and we thank all of our recurring contributors, please go to MontanaValuesPodcast.com. Folks, we're going to talk about what seems to be the tornado through the Montana trailer park. And that is out-of-state special interest groups who seem to be running our legislature. It's becoming more and more concerning because as we look at some of these bills that are being proposed, we can see that they are off-the-shelf bills from out-of-state special interest groups. They are not Montana-made. And when we elect legislators in Montana, we tend to think the legislators are going to work for us crafting legislation that is made in Montana by Montanans and for Montana. Sadly, that's not what is happening. Lobbyists and special interest groups craft the legislation. They feed it to legislators, and often without even researching the bill's applicability in Montana, the legislators just sign on and sponsor the bill. And then the lobbyists even craft the talking points for the legislators to use when promoting the bill. They are, in every sense of the words, puppet masters of the legislature. And we do still have some true Montana legislators that aren't shills for out-of-state special interest lobbyists, but sadly, the elected seats held by them continue to dwindle. For example, let's look at Representative Mark Nolan's House Bill 711, the quote, Stop Guilt by Accusation Act. That sounds compelling, right? It's the latest attempt to force media to behave, quote, responsibly, although what is considered responsible is undefined. Nolan argued that his measure doesn't infringe on press freedoms, but that it stops media outlets from damaging people's reputations by printing stories that depict them in a negative light when they've been accused of a crime. But Nolan hasn't provided a single example of when and where a Montanan who has been accused of a crime had his mug shot and the accusations published, but then when acquitted of all wrongdoing, the news hadn't also reported on that event. Without examples of such occurrences in Montana and without telling us how current law doesn't support redress from such wrongdoing, well, that's when it became clear, to me at least, that we needed more research because this bill is no more than an off-the-shelf propaganda schlepped by out-of-state lobbyists. We all agree that the proliferation of fake news is a scourge on our society. Trying to separate the quality and accurate content from the fake is becoming more difficult as anyone now can become a, quote, news source. The problem certainly exists, but the solution, at least in Montana, also exists. These legislators seem to think that adding laws is a good idea, even where good laws addressing the issue exist. And that's not a Montana value, nor is it a Republican principle. 
You don't expand government to add more laws where current laws exist that cover the issue. Now, if you find the current law doesn't adequately do something, you amend the current law, the law that is already on the books to accomplish the purpose. You don't just whole scale add new laws on top of existing. It creates confusion. It wastes time and it's duplicative. Representative Nolan didn't bother to do his research when he chose to sponsor House Bill 711, nor did he consult the Constitution. Had he bothered to consult the Constitution, he would have found the First Amendment, which states in no uncertain terms, quote, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of the press, end quote. So if Noland, a stated Republican, believes the Second Amendment restrictions on its terms, the right to bear arms, shall not be infringed, then he can't be a hypocrite and find the First Amendment vague. So when the First Amendment says, no law, abridging freedom of press, it means it. Can't be any clearer. Legislators don't get to dictate what the press writes, even when what constitutes press or news is now entirely subjective. Any of us can be considered reporters, whether we choose that designation or not. If we, quote, report information, we can be considered press. And what Nolan didn't bother to read in his bill was that his definitions are flawed. He says he, quote, just wants the media to be telling the truth, but his definition of media fails to capture the target. Quote, media outlet means a publication or broadcast program that provides news and feature stories to the public through various distribution channels. Media outlets include newspapers, magazines, radio stations, television stations, and certain websites on the internet that are part of the press. A media outlet does not involve a person who does not work in the press as a profession or who does not regularly engage in the business of reporting, end quote. So this bill is strictly for mainstream media, and the term certain websites is as vague as you can get. What certain websites is he speaking of? Just those he doesn't like? Because there are a lot of nutter, wackadoo websites on both the right and the left that are propaganda machines. But by not defining the term certain websites, the bill is out of the gate legally flawed. We call that void for vagueness. It cannot be enforced because it uses terms that are vague in their nature. And then here's how he defines press. Quote, press means individuals such as reporters and photographers who work for newspapers magazines, television, websites, and radio outlets, end quote. What he doesn't understand or failed to research is that freelance is the way of reporting nowadays. When he uses the term who work for newspapers, magazines, televisions, websites, and radio outlets, not very many people work for those employers. Permanent, part-time, or full-time reporting work has gone the way of the buggy whip. Very few reporters, quote, work for newspapers, magazines, television, websites, and radio outlets, and the number is declining at a rapid rate. So this can't even address the current state of affairs because reporters or press under his definition, 
they don't really exist. They're dwindling. So this law won't target freelancers and bloggers who just do what they want when they want under the auspices of, quote, reporting. There is no way this bill gets past the Montana Supreme Court finish line. It won't even go into effect before it's overturned. And it will be overturned because it is monumentally legally deficient and completely misses its mark. It won't have any effect whatsoever on fake news. But it sure tries to lull us into believing that, doesn't it? It's just more horseshit legislation that provides campaign propaganda to sell to Montanans in the next election. That really fits our values, doesn't it? Montana law already addresses the concerns raised by HB 711. Defamation by anyone, including the press, is a crime punishable by jail in Montana. Crack open Montana Code Annotated, Representative Nolan, and you'll be amazed with its content. Quote, Whoever, with knowledge of its defamatory character, orally, in writing, or by any other means, including by electronic communication, as defined in 45-8-213, communicates any defamatory matter to a third person without the consent of the person defamed, commits the offense of criminal defamation and may be sentenced to imprisonment. End quote. Besides being a criminal act... Punishable by jail, defamation is also a civil claim, and in particular with the media, as it concerns specifically the media, Montana Code has sections specific to the media and defamation cases. Go to Title 27, Chapter 1, Part 8, Libel and Slander. Part 8 has seven sections specific to media slander. Seven sections. It allows the media to approve any submissions prior to publicizing. It allows media to be given an opportunity to publish a correction when notified of an error or slanderous material. And it mandates that the correction occur within seven days of being given notice of the error. It even mandates that, quote, in the case of radio and television stations and cable television systems, a broadcast made at the same time of day as the broadcast complained of and of at least equal duration, end quote. So that's the remedy, meaning if you're going to do a retraction and make a correction, you have to do it at the same time of the day as the original errant broadcast, the wrong broadcast complained of, and for the same amount of time. Well, that's the same thing as Nolan's bill requires. Had he bothered to look, he would know it's already required. And if he wants to include print media, which we think it should, just amend the current statute. You don't make a whole new statute, a whole new act. You just amend what we already have. This is like legislating for dummies 101. Current Montana law even mandates the content of the correction. Quote, to the extent that the true facts are, with reasonable diligence, ascertainable, with definiteness and certainty, only a retraction constitutes a correction. Otherwise, the media has to publish the defamed person's statement of the true facts, end quote. So the remedy is right there in the statute. If you're given notice and you're the press of mistake that you've defamed somebody, you must issue a full retraction. And if you choose not to issue a full retraction, then you must publish the defamed person's, the complaining person's statement of true facts. 
We already have laws against fake news. Just use them. This is the same argument we Republicans make with respect to gun control. Fully and faithfully use the laws currently on the books before you try adding any more. Seriously, people, this is basic stuff. What's even worse? If Representative Nolan had actually paid attention locally, like looked in his own backyard, he would have recognized that Montana law as it exists has worked very well. In 2008, the Gardner family successfully sued John Stokes, a former local radio, quote, news source, and that's given him a lot of credit, for defamation in his, quote, news reporting, which was almost entirely fake news. DeVar Gardner and his son Todd sued KGEZ radio talk show host John Stokes. He was also the station owner over three broadcast remarks he made about them in 2007. These comments included claims that the Gardners lied under oath during a previous lawsuit with Stokes, that the Gardners submitted a false affidavit during the same litigation, and that the Gardners committed bank fraud when they, <laughs> when they obtained a $900,000 loan from Glacier Bank. Prior to the trial, Stokes conceded that he had made the accusations in question on error and that all three statements were false, but he contended he took the appropriate steps to verify their accuracy and was just exercising his right to free speech. Well, that was a bunch of horseshit. Stokes was a menace to the judicial system and the Flathead Valley and made all of his slanderous statements under the auspices of, quote, reporting news on his radio station. Well, Montanans saw through his horseshit and awarded the gardeners a $3.8 million dollar verdict, including punitive damages for malice, clearing their good name. This literally happened in the same county Mr. Noland, Representative Noland, lives in. Yet in light of a $3.8 million verdict for defamation by a fake news source, Nolan thinks the law on the books isn't sufficient. And now he's promoting a law that has only a $10,000 fine attached. Give me a break. He never did any research whatsoever and merely forwarded the bill language he got from the drafter, this dude named John Gunter of the, quote, Special Forces of Liberty de facto attorneys general by email. By the way, when the Montana media tried to speak to the man behind the curtain, Mr. Gunter, to determine why he thought the bill was needed in Montana, Mr. Gunter declined all media requests. How's that for transparency? And the media knows that asking Representative Mark Nolan was a dead end since he couldn't identify a single instance where current Montana law has failed Montana on this issue. Montana doesn't need Mr. Gunter's bill, a bill that is prepackaged for use in states nationwide as evidenced by his use of the perjury definition found in federal law, not Montana law. And here's a hint, folks. If you're looking at a bill's substance and you see a federal definition, a reference to the federal definition of some term, that means it's off-the-shelf horseshit pushed by these out-of-state special interest groups. It's pre-packaged crap. It should always cite definitions found in Montana law and in Montana criminal code. But the bill itself just reflects a concerning trend in Montana. We're allowing lobbyists, not the elected public servants, to run Montana. Noland is just a pawn in the lobbyist game. These out-of-state special interest lobbyists who don't know squat about Montana are running a vast swath of our legislature. And they do it at zero cost to them because who is paying their pawns to promote their horseshit bills?
We are Montana, you and I. We have some great legislators that take lobbyist info, but don't wholesale allow lobbyists to write legislation for Montana. Montana is not a state that values prepackaged, off-the-shelf legislation. We like homegrown law. What works in Louisiana likely won't work here. So why would our legislators take prepackaged lobbyist propaganda that is peddled to literally every state in the nation and sponsor it wholesale without doing a wit of research about whether the legislation is even needed in Montana? Because they're lazy. And they want us to live and die and vote by soundbite politics. They want us to be voting booth dummies. They are the pawns for lobbyists and we are their pawns to stay in power. The lesson here is not that House Bill 711 is junk legislation because that's clear as day. But the lesson is we are being used as pawns, all of us, by out-of-state special interest lobbyists. They know we will fall for soundbite politics and keep electing their patsies who are willing to line up behind any off-the-shelf propaganda supplied to them. They're happy to not have to critically think, to not have an independent thought, or do any actual legislating because the lobbyists do it all for them. They even hand them talking points to use in promoting their legislation. So the legislator actually has to do nothing independently. On this piece of legislation, What do you think the soundbite political mantra will be? That Representative Nolan and his co-sponsors are the, quote, truth warriors? Probably. That sounds good, doesn't it? Ironically, the label warrior couldn't be further from the truth. Dig deeper, Montana. Don't fall for these legislative illusions. Or the Montana as we know it will be an illusion of the past. Thank you for taking us with you on your journey today. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Become a sponsor of the show by going to our website, montanavaluespodcast.com, locating the sponsor page and clicking on the donate button. Subscribe to the show on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Parlor. Our handle is at MTValues. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.